Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. This morning I'm going to be preaching primarily from the text from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, and the title of my sermon this morning is Distraction. The other day I was making lunch for my kids, and my son Isaac, he kept trying to get my attention. I had my phone out because I was trying to connect it. We have a little Bluetooth speaker in the kitchen. I was trying to connect it to a podcast or music or something and uh, to put that in the background as I made some food. And I had dishes out. I had a cutting board out, knife. I had ingredients on the countertop getting ready to try and put something together for them. Uh, But for some reason, he didn't seem to realize that I was very busy and he kept trying to get my attention. And he kept trying to get my attention. And he kept trying to get to my attention. And I'm trying to make his lunch. (laughs) Eventually, he just stopped and he said, Dad, will you play with me? And he said this after I told him that I was busy trying to make his lunch. But when he he asked me that question, it made me put down what I was doing. I washed my hands. And uh, I turned around and I picked him up. And I gave him a big hug. And I told him that I loved him. And I, I spent a little time talking to him. And then I put him down and I said, okay. And then I went and I finished making his and Sophia's lunch. See, even though I was making lunch for him, I wasn't really focused on him, even though what I was doing would have had an immediate benefit for him. And this simple and profound story we heard from the gospel, according to St. Luke, hits on a similar idea. And this story from the Gospel of Luke takes place in the home of a family that were close personal friends of Jesus. This is the house of Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. And Lazarus, of course, we know shows up in St. John's Gospel as the one whom Jesus brought back to life from death. But in this point of the story, Jesus has come to their home, and he was, we see in this reading this morning that he was teaching in their home. So he wasn't just there to hang out, although he probably did. But he was sitting in their home and teaching from their home, which means there would have been people coming in and out of the home, listening to him teach. Mary sits at Jesus' feet to listen to his teaching. But Martha does not sit at Jesus' feet to listen to his teaching because the text says that she's distracted by much serving. In other words, she's running around doing a bunch of things when she has the opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet as well. And so exasperated, she asks Jesus to tell Mary to help her. Because if Jesus and his disciples are in the home and there's people coming in and out, there's probably a lot to do to keep things clean, to prepare whatever is needed here. And you would think that Jesus would say, you know what, Mary or Martha, you're right. It's only fair that she get up from the ground where she's sitting listening to my words. It's only fair that she goes and helps you do whatever it is that you need to do. Like if these were two kids, that's probably how we would handle it, right? Trying to be good parents. But his answer to her isn't the one we expect. He doesn't chastise Mary for not helping her sister prepare and do whatever it is that they needed to do. He actually says to Martha, you, he says, you're distracted by many things. You're anxious and troubled, he says. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. 
So let's take a look at some of the details in this story. All right, so we see Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. Right, so what does Mary sitting at his feet indicates? Does it indicate that Mary is, is purposefully refusing to help? Well, no, not really. Does Mary sitting at Jesus' feet indicate that she's lazy? Martha may have thought so, we don't know. That lazy sister of mine never does anything. Whenever I need to do something, something needs to be done, she's never here. Right? This is about Mary's laziness. Mary trying to get out of doing what needs to be done. Like there's the chore list on the fridge and she saw it was her day to take out the garbage and she said no and ran away. No. It doesn't indicate any of that. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is the posture of discipleship. It's the posture of discipleship. See, disciples follow their teacher and they listen and they obey and they watch. So Mary joins them by sitting at his feet to learn from him, to hear what he has to say. And it's worth remembering that Jesus is not a run-of-the-mill rabbi. He's unlike any of the rabbis that, that have shown up before, and he's like unlike any of the rabbis that have shown up since. His words, his teaching has power and authority. And we see this, I think, really clearly in the gospel according to St. Mark, right, where it says his, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they listen to his teaching, and they say that his teaching has authority behind it. His teaching has power behind it. No one has taught the way this man has taught. And associated with the words that Jesus is teaching is this ability to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Those two ideas are linked in St. Mark's gospel, that his teaching carries with it this authority that results in healing for the, for the sick and res- restoration for the oppressed. And so Mary wants to sit and listen to this. And sitting at the feet of Jesus is it's a position of discipleship, but it's also a position of humility. It's a position of humility. To sit at his feet, to listen to his words, to join as his disciple is a recognition that whatever it is that he has to say, I need to hear this. Whatever it is that he's teaching, I need to listen to this. And we don't listen just for the sake of listening. If we're taking time and we're sitting down or we're putting our attention on something or someone and we're listening to what they have to say, hopefully what you're doing right now, we're doing so in the hope that we will hear something, that the the Holy Spirit will take something that is being said and quicken that and make, make that alive in your heart. It's also sitting at his feet is this position of adoration, right? To fall at somebody's feet is to adore them, right? When we see in the scriptures, people falling down at other people's feet, it's a, it's a, it's a position of adoration. And Mary is sitting at his feet. To adore someone is offering them homage and, and, and loyalty. It's a position of listening sitting at his feet and gazing up at him will help mitigate the distractions that come from all around. 
helps to focus your attention. So we see this displayed in, in Mary. But with Martha, we see that she's distracted. Now notice here that Jesus does, he does not say, Martha, what you're doing in the background is bad. I hope you pick that up. Because she's trying to do something good. She's trying to, to serve him, and she's, she, she's trying to serve those who are with him. That is a very good thing. And Jesus does not say to her, you're trying to serve me this way, and you're trying to serve others this way. He doesn't say that that's a bad thing. Because serving isn't the issue, right? Because we know that, that according to St. Paul, he reminds us, right, in his, in his epistles, that hospitality is a spiritual gift. But what happens with Martha is this good thing, this serving, this hospitality that she's offering is distracting her from what's truly needed right there at that time and in that place. Something good is distracting her from what is necessary. Jesus is not going to be, them, be with them for long in their home before he moves on. Let's maybe take advantage of what he's making available. But this, the good of serving, being distracted by the good of serving, is driving something in Mary's heart. And we have to remember when Jesus talks to people, and when he addresses people directly, we often forget that he can see right into their hearts. He knows the thoughts and the intents of their hearts, and his words always get down to what the root is. And what does he say to her? He says, You are anxious and troubled about many things. See, her busyness, being distracted by the good of serving, is not the busyness of someone with too much to do. Her busyness is a reflection of the anxiousness and the troubled heart that she has. And we're not told what she is anxious and troubled about. Right? One of the great dangers of biblical interpretation, indeed preaching the scriptures, is trying to over-psychologize the people in the text. So we don't know what she's anxious and troubled about. But we're told that her distraction with serving comes from that place of anxiety and of being troubled. So what does Jesus call her to do? He calls her to change her focus from her anxiety to him. He's calling her to take her place at his feet with the rest of the disciples. He's calling her to place her cares, her anxieties, and her troubles, everything that's distracting her at his feet. He's calling her to not let the distractions of her soul Keep her from him. And brothers and sisters, we ourselves, we live in a time of intense distraction. As a, a good tool as our phones can be, right? I use my phone. I, I can deposit checks with an app. When I get lost, I can pull out a GPS app on my phone. 
It's always updating, so I don't have to take I don't have to take it someplace and have them update it. Like some of us have older cars with GPSs inside, but they're they're they don't work very well because they're disc based, and so you have to pay money to go to the dealership to keep updating these discs. The phone has become our convenience tool. You can use it. We're going to vacation in a couple of weeks. Woohoo! I can use that to check in to the airport before I even get there. I, the day before, I can check in, and then when I get there, just print out my stubs, tickets, and go. And then wait four hours in the line while the TSA bumbles its way through. Anyway, don't get me started on that. A great convenience in our lives, our phones. But our phones and our iPads and our screens have become the source of most of the distractions in our lives. The phone, as good as it is, as good as it can be, and the convenience that it offers is often a tool of our own anxious and troubled hearts. And it's reflected by how we use that device. I'm preaching to myself here. And so just, just as Jesus calls Mary, excuse me, Martha, he calls us to do the same thing, to change our focus from our anxiety to him. He's calling us to take our place at his feet with the rest of the disciples. He's calling us to place our cares and anxieties and our troubles at his feet. He's calling us to not let the distractions of our own soul keep us from him. And so we then ask this question, well, why? Why is that important? I've read this before, but it's so good. I'm going to read it again. St. Augustine said, our whole business then in this life, listen to this, is to heal this eye of the heart whereby God may be seen. He says then, to this end are celebrated the holy mysteries, holy communion, baptism, etc. To this end is preached the word of God. To this end are the moral exhortations of the church. We forget, right, that the church sometimes has to morally exhort us. Which at times means we might have to take unpopular stands on things that the culture says is good and true. And then he says this. To this end is directed the whole aim of the divine and holy scriptures. That the inner man or the inner person may be purged of that which hinders us from the sight of God. Right? To heal the eye of the heart so we can see God. And then that the inner person or inner man may be purged of everything that hinders us from the sight of God. And the text that Ed read from Colossians, it says that if we continue in faith and faithfulness, that we will become stable and steadfast and be presented before God, right? And, and, and sitting at Christ's feet, this is where we learn to be steadfast and stable. Sitting at Christ's feet is where the eye of our heart begins to be healed, that our inner man begins to be purged of everything that keeps us from the sight of God. 
right? So what, what we need to do is to shift from being distracted by good things that could be used in a bad way that pull us away from Christ and to put those things away and to turn our gaze towards him so we can be healed. The eye of our heart can be healed so our inner person can be purged. I heard somebody say the other day, a good friend of mine who's having a conversation with another friend of mine, and he said that the only distraction in our lives, the only thing that should pull us away is the life of prayer. And then he said that the daily office should be the only undistracted time that we offer to God. So in other words, he was saying the daily office, that's our, like our, daily, that's our daily time in prayer, right? Morning and evening. This is the only time where we should not be distracted. But then they said that the only distractions that are good are the distractions that lead us back into prayer. So prayer, sitting at the feet of Christ, worship together here with one another, hearing the word of God proclaimed, partaking of his body and blood at his table and altar, the life of prayer, should be the thing that calls our attention away. Not the things of this world. Gaming, binging shows, getting sucked down a YouTube rabbit hole. All of these things are fun and all of these things are good. But as we sit at the feet of Christ, we should get to the place where when we're gaming, or watching a show, or checking our social media, or watching a video on YouTube of like funny cats doing weird things, or you know, rescuing kangaroos from ponds. That while we're doing that, what should be distracting us is the pull and the desire to pray. And that's a complete inversion of how we live our lives. Because our lives, everything is set up to distract us, to pull our attention away. And we're at a point now, brothers and sisters, where everything is tailor-made. Whatever niche that you, that you like, there's entertainment offered for that niche. But what refocuses us is sitting at the feet of Christ so our hearts can be healed, so our eyes can be healed, and our hearts can be purged of that which hinders us from the divine vision. And this means living a life of discipline. In closing, St. John Cassian said, to cling always to God, this must be our major effort. This must be the road that the heart follows unswervingly. Any diversion, however impressive, must be regarded as secondary, low-grade, and certainly dangerous. So brothers and sisters, let us orient our lives to Christ. That instead of the entertainment and the lures and the good distractions that our culture can give us, instead of those luring us away from them, may our hearts be inverted 
so that when we're doing those things, that prayer distracts us and brings us to sit at the feet of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom is due all glory, together with his Father and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.